Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Cindy and Joe's show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And on this portion of Between the Whistles, we are talking the Red Wings. And were they on fire the other day against the Toronto Maple Leafs? But it wasn't hot enough. When you say fire, you mean flaming garbage, right? <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you. Well, the offense was on fire. I mean, you know, you don't just go off and score seven goals every day. Yeah, you know, the one thing I looked at with this team, mm-hmm. and, like, I was watching the game, and I was going to go to the game, but I didn't go because, you know, I wasn't paying that much money because I didn't. First of all, I don't want to deal with Leaf, Leaf fans. I think they're an abysmal uh, uh. portion of the society. They should stay in Canada with their, you know, prime minister. But listen, I watched that game, and as a goalie, as someone who values defense, I was like, oh, my Lord. These two teams are quite possibly the worst defensive teams in hockey and I'm not even kidding you. Well, they were that day. No, because they were it's that not day. even that day. It's This has been the whole season. For the Maple Leafs, they outscore their mistakes a lot of times in, 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 in all their games. Yeah. They are the over-kings, if you're talking in batting circles. Over-kings, because they always, they're always, not without a doubt, they're always giving up at least three to four goals. Period. Red Wings... I feel bad for Blaschel. I feel bad for the forwards because they are constantly like, what the heck do we have to do to actually win a game? And when they do win a game, it's because they're scoring a lot. That's when they win games. And I feel bad for Nadelkovich because half the time, Nadelkovich and Grice are, are out to lunch because they have no shot. Because outside Moritz Sider, they don't have a guy on defense who actually knows what he's doing. You know... I, I, I think they know what they're doing. They just can't get it together. I, I will I'll agree with you here that that game absolutely highlighted the Red Wings' need for defense and their really their weakness of their defense. Um, you know, Mark Stahl said after the game, you know, we didn't you know, we shouldn't be disappointed. We didn't deserve to win that game. Uh, you know, he knows what's going on. He's a veteran. He understands. He knows how bad it is. He's played on teams with good defense before, and now he's on this one. He knows what he's talking about. I, you can see the frustration and the irritation with, when, you know, just like, what are you talking about? You know, we're, don't even talk about that we should have won that game or had a chance to win that game. We were playing so badly, we didn't deserve to win that game. However, Toronto was playing badly, too, as you pointed out. Their defense fell apart. 
Um, I think they got way overconfident when they got that early lead on the wings in the first period. And um, they let that, you know, get the better of them as far as, you know, when the wings came back and went on that scoring rampage there. And um, it just, but, you know, Stahl was right. The Red Wings were not playing well enough to beat Toronto. But Toronto, it was like the worst of the worst there. It was, it was a fun game to watch. It was a fun game to watch, a lot of high scoring. It was a great game if you were just bringing somebody who was just getting introduced to the game and they want to see a lot of goals and all that kind of stuff. But, my God, I mean, you've got, you know, you're just as well to put the forwards on defense. Mm. And you may just get, I mean, you had Bertuzzi playing defense. You had Larkin playing defense because you had no defenseman showing up for Detroit with the exception of Mo Sider, who, by the way, what poison skill does that guy have? I mean, I say it all the time, but I'm just amazed by it. And I know you were the first one to really talk about Mo Sider. Um, and, you know, and then I kind of got on the Mo Sider train, and then you couldn't shut me up about this guy because I'm so impressed with him. You know, and then, you know, Lucas Raymond, uh, you know, the other rookie. I mean, those two couldn't be any more impressive. It's just a damn shame that they're playing on a team that doesn't seem to be able to get it together enough to really utilize their talent. You know what's you know what's the sad part about the the Red Wings is they have some pretty good talent, but they're a little bit they're not as quick as they're not gonna be as quick as a team as we thought they were gonna be as, you know, going to the playoffs and everything. Well we were really hoping they'd get to the playoffs. Well, yeah. I mean mathematically it's still possible. It's still possible, but, but I don't see but it. You, happening. But you have to get on a run, you have a tough schedule and these teams that you're playing, the the, the mistakes that you make in the D zone they're going to capitalize. The teams like the Florida, the Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay, the Boston, Carolina. Carolina. Yep. I mean, you play these teams and you allow them one inch and they'll take a mile. The reality of the situation, you know, I looked at, I watched that game with Toronto and I watched that game with Colorado and I've been watching them steadily. And, you know, everyone points to Blashill as like a, a focus of blame because, you know, the team isn't playing good or whatever. But you like, you look at this team and you go, it's kind of what Eisenman wants, to be honest. Because if you're if you're asking me, to be honest, he wanted to see what these guys would do. A guy like Philip Ryan, a guy like Danny DeKaiser, a guy like Stetcher, a guy like uh, Gustav Lundstrom, who's he's been good and he's been he's been bad. He's, he looks like a, a third pairing type defenseman on a good team. But you have guys that are on your second pair that wouldn't be on the second pair on a playoff team. And you have a guy on your first pair outside of Cider who wouldn't be on a first pair team, a first pairing defenseman on any team. Well, I think it says something about your organization is talent level when you've got two of your rookies who are playing at top line and top defensive pairing. Yeah. I mean, these are your, you it's know. Good. It's good experience for them. It's good. It's, let's, let's, be, let's, let's put where that is. It's good experience for them, but it shows how talentless this roster really is. I mean, Cider, if he was on a good team, probably be on a second pair. Right. You know, if he was on a team with like the like the Florida Panthers, right? He'd probably be on a second pair. If he was on a team with Tampa Bay, probably be on a second pair too. Here he's a first pair because there is no one else to be on the first pair. So now you were saying 
last show, we covered a couple of things, which, by the way, I was right. I said they'd fall to Toronto. You said they'd beat Toronto. I so thought, I was right. Yeah. I, Thank well, you. I, I knew, I Say, knew Cindy, you were right. You were right, but I knew that the, the Rebels... Yes. I knew, I knew the Rebels would score, and they did score, but they just let in more goals than they scored. Well, yeah, but I knew they would... And by the way, I'm three for three now. Three for three. I called the Rangers game. I called the Avs, and I called... Toronto, just saying. No, now, let's talk about Carolina, because they're going to be playing Carolina tonight. They might even be playing them uh, before. Hopefully, we'll get the segment up before the Carolina game. But I will tell you, it is 6.19 p.m. right now on Tuesday, March the 1st. Yep. Just so everybody knows when I'm saying this. I think... This game is going to be close. It would not surprise me if it is tied and goes into overtime. What I don't know is if the Wings will be able to pull it out in overtime uh, to beat Carolina. I think what's going to happen wouldn't surprise me if this is like a 2-2 or 3-1 game. Um, it's going to just depend, and it's going to come down to the third period in my mind. I think Carolina, I, if the Wings score first, Carolina is going to come up on them and take it back. But I think what will probably happen is Carolina is going to come out, going to score first. I think the Wings are going to answer. I think we're going to go to overtime in this game. And if we don't, it'll be answered with a late period goal in the third to make it 3-1. That's kind of what I think, or, you know, to make it, yeah, I think it'll go 3-1 at the end of, end of the third period. I think that, I think you're on to something. But I think, you know, with the Revenants, they've shown a, a determination to not be embarrassed two nights in a row. Right. They didn't get embarrassed against Colorado. They just there was they, their talent level compared to Colorado's. It was off the charts. Oh, you, you you couldn't even compare them in the Colorado game. You can see why Colorado has consistently been a playoff level team for the last like what three years. They, they got a lot the of they got a lot of talent on that team, and it, even Toronto got a lot of talent on their forward group. But their defensive group is very very bad, and that's because well, when you pay a guy like Jonathan Tavares. You know, eleven million dollars. You pay a guy like Austin Matthews eleven million dollars. They pay a guy like Mitch Marner eleven million dollars. Yeah, there's not much room for you to get your defense back, your goaltending back. That's why you lost Frederick Anderson to Carolina, who that's their goalie. Tonight. Yeah, it just it's for the Red Wings. It's like they play so good against their they play so good, and they, sometimes they play above their talent level. Well, I what I think what I think was good about the Toronto game. For the Red Wings, even though it was it resulted in a loss, they played badly. Their defense fell apart. There's one thing that's the truth, and any, any hockey player I think out there will agree with me on this, and that is when you score goals, even if it's against an, a horrible off, a horrible defense, like you pointed out, Toronto has scoring all those goals does help promote confidence, which will help in the next game. So the fact that these guys got some goals in. On, on Toronto um, at home. They got some goals in. Now they're going to face Carolina. I think they're still going to be, you know, that's going to be um, feeding into a little bit of a, of a confidence booster form after getting so badly beaten by Colorado, right, as you pointed out. I think it may change the momentum and change the trajectory of the energy um, as opposed to if they would have gotten blown out, which would have looked like it was going to happen in like a you know, six one loss to 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 uh, Toronto. If that would have happened, if those two devastating losses, the Abs and then and then uh, Toronto would have happened back to back without the Wings scoring those answering goals, that could very well have just been doom 
for the Red Wings season, period. But I think the fact that they were able to score those goals may help mitigate that problem going in. And that's why I think that this game with Carolina tonight will at least be competitive. I don't know if they're going to win it. I would love to think they will. I'll be honest with you, if I were a betting woman, I'd have to bet on the air on the side of I don't think the Wings will pull it out tonight, but I think it'll be close. I think it'll be competitive. Um, and I think it will be a, a, a much more quality game to watch in terms of um, the the match talent levels with Carolina. I think, I think the Wings are going to look better tonight than they did against Toronto. Well, they better because, let's be honest, they didn't look good against the Maple Leafs and Colorado. It just shows that their talent level is not on par with those two teams. And it just shows that they've got CBY has to make some decisions this, this offseason in many facets. Um, hopefully he gets a good lottery pick when the lottery drops, you know. Hopefully he gets one of those picks that lands him in the top three. Um, and he can get another guy that he covets, you know. But... Think he's going to move at the trade deadline? Because we talked last show. You said they got to win, and they didn't. So now, I think according I, to your according to your theory, Joe, that should mean Stevie gets active at the trade deadline. He will, doing be, something. He will be a seller at the deadline. Okay, no doubt about it. I think you're. Who's gonna he going to sell? I think you're going to see Nick Letty gone. I think you're going to see Velas Nosmeskov gone. I think you'll. I think. I think there's a potential. Uh, and this would be an absolute phenomenal move if he can do it. I think there's a shot that Phil Peronic might be traded. I think if you're a playoff team, I mean, I I would like to keep Peronic because I think he's he has good offensive prowess, you know. But like, good look at look at the NHL. They covet these guys who can be a power play guy who can move the puck, and that's one of the things he can do. He's not good on defense. But he's good on, on moving the puck. And you know who was that like that? It was Mike Green. Mike Green was the same I guy. loved Mike Green. Mike Green, was, Mike Mike Green. Green and, and Phil Veronic, they match each other because they have their right-handed shots. They have a little bit of power. And I think come trade deadline, there's going to be a teams that are going to be looking for a shot on the power play who can, you know, move the puck and be the second fiddle to an, another defenseman. Possibly. Possibly. Um... I think moving Hronik would be a good move, too. I think there's a, there's value he could get for him. I also think Philip Zadina. Uh, he could be on the move with Zadina. Zindina, I think he could get quite a bit in the market for. I think you might be right on Letty. I think another one he might be looking at um, to maybe package up in a deal or see if he could do something with, honestly, is Valeno. I think Valeno might be on the move um, as well. So see, I, I don't think I don't think Valeno or Zadino will be on the move. I don't I because think. you think that Stevie's going to stick with his young guys, building up his his young core. You think that's part of the core. But but look who he's got coming up: Edmondson, Soderblom, Bergeron. Those are three yeah, but, right there yeah, that are but, outperforming Zadina and Valeno, and they're still in the yeah, minors. Yeah, but they haven't got the NHL level, and we don't know what they can do with the NHL level. They could be like Valeno and Zadina, you know. Yeah, but they're coming out of the same. They're coming out of the same womb, and I'm talking about Swedish Hockey League. They're coming out of that same training pool as Cider and Raymond. And I think you're going to see similar results. I think Valeno has earned his spot. I think he's played very, very well coming up here and playing playing the way he's played. I think I think I think rubbing fans are 
they, I don't think they understand that you're not you're not in the business to give away prospects right now. You're, you're not. You're just not. And NHL teams don't want prospects, guys. They want guys that can make an immediate impact. So you're looking at a guy like Nemestikov. You're looking at a guy like Stahl. You're looking at a guy like Letty. You're looking at a guy like Karanik that he because he, he's he's not a prospect, but he's young enough to where you could keep him. But if the right deal comes along and they say, okay, how about we give you uh, two first round picks back back to back years for Nemestikov and Karanik? You're probably gonna take it. Well, yeah, and I mean, I think that I think Steve's going to be active at the trade deadline. Also, I think he sees he's got to make some moves here. Um, I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing these these prospects coming up. You know, we've always looked deep into the prospect pool. You know, again, we called Cider and Raymond before anybody was ever talking about yep. Simon and Raymond. You 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 heard us on Between the Whistles on the Cindy and Joe show. We were talking about these guys, and I'll tell you those three other three I just mentioned to you. Uh, we were talking about Bergen before anybody else. Soderblom, really. yep. You know, Soderblom, I mean, who was just tearing it up in the Swedish He's outperforming in the Swedish Hockey League what they thought he would. Um, you know, you got Edmondson, who they're saying is even going to be better than Moritz Sider. Um, you know, it, so... It just it shows that CUI knows how to draft. It shows that when Ken Holland left, he left some decent talent, but he didn't leave enough talent. And it shows you that... Listen, Eisman had he, when he came in here, he said patience, and that's what you're gonna see. Because you look at this team right now. I mean, everyone calls for Blashell's head. Everyone calls for everybody else's head. Like that, they think they're the reasons that why they're not winning. Well, what do you? What do you? What does it say, Joe? What does it say when you? And I like Jeff Blashell. You know, I've said it a hundred times. Personally, the guy is a, an absolute sweetheart. I love him, but. What does it say when you got the same guy behind the bench for seven years? You can see why the fans would think this. Seven years, the guy's been behind the bench, and for seven years, it's been consistent losses. We've seen some progress, yes, but I think you would have seen that regardless of who's no, behind the bench. No, you wouldn't have. See, now I knew you would say that. You, you wouldn't have, because here's the reality, and I don't, I don't think people understand So that's this. why they want Blashell's head, but I'm just I, pointing I, it I out. Know, I, I, know, I know what you're saying. I know what they're saying. I know that you, you've seen minimal product growth, but like, look at the rosters that he's had. And tell me, those are winning rosters. He's not going to win with those rosters. The NHL is a parody product. You're not. If you don't have top end talent, you're not winning against some of these teams. You know, like the uh, the Rangers, right? They had a quick rebuild, but they spent some money. They spent money on Zabinajad. They got lucky on a guy like Adam Fox, who was a Norris Trophy winner. They signed him out. For, RFA because Calgary didn't want him. I mean, Carolina didn't want him. And he's a Norris Trophy winner. It takes luck like that. And I think that's what the Rubbings are looking for. Even when uh, Eisman was in Tampa Bay, one of the things that really kick-started his rebuild and made the team better, and this is probably what he's looking at, he had a guy like Corey, Corey Conacher, and I don't think you know who Corey Conacher is because a lot of people don't know who Corey Conacher is. But he was the guy who brought Ben Bishop to Tampa Bay. He was a very, very decent player in Tampa Bay. Had some potential, but he shipped him off because he got a good deal for him and he made the deal. And Conacher didn't last in the NHL that long. Probably the same thing with, with uh, the Rebels. He's going to need to make a deal that... The fans won't get, but that's what's going to have to happen because this team is not talented, and you don't care who's your coach. You can have 
Gallant as your coach. You could have Scotty Bowman as your coach. Talent's talent. Talent wins out. Period. You don't. Mm. You don't see. You you bring up the eighty Olympic team, but that's an anomaly. It's an anomaly. Go look at the Stanley Cup champions. Tell me one team that wasn't talented, that wasn't had top end talent. I mean, you look at Tampa Bay. They've won it the past two years, and look at their talent. They're probably their third forward. Their third their third centerman probably could start for the second line of the Red Wings. I mean, that's just yeah. that's just the reality. It's it's it. You Anthony Cirelli is their their third line centerman. He'd be second easily in Detroit. Right, right. Well, I tell you, the I think it's going to be another couple of years before Detroit brings home a trophy. Mm-hmm. Except, well, let me let me rephrase it. No, I'll tell you, they are going to bring home a trophy this year. I'm confident of it. And you know what trophy they're going to bring home? Rookie of the year because it's going to be either Cider or Raymond. It's going to be Cider. Did you see what John Scott said about Cider? Go ahead. He said Cider's already a top ten defenseman in the NHL. Oh, no doubt. And the to, well, But you, Lucas Raymond made it to forty points before any other rookie in the NHL this year. But you gotta look at it like this though. To be top ten defenseman in the NHL right now, there is a lot of good defensemen in the NHL. To be a top ten defenseman from a former NHL player, that says a lot. Because there is a lot of great defensemen out there. You got the you got the uh Boy, I wish we could get a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's an embarrassment of riches what Tampa Bay has with the Sergachevs, the McDonough's, the Hedmans. Right. I mean, they got three guys who could probably start on our first defense. Oh, easy, easy. Well, like we said, it's it's almost, you pretty much have most Cider out there by himself, God bless him. But, uh, yeah, no, I think we are going to bring home a rookie of the year for sure. But I think that's about all we're going to get this year. And I hate to say that. It makes me disappointed. But, hey, maybe... You never know. Again, we haven't seen this roster with Jacob Brana back in it. And that's that's is he in is he in the lineup tonight? Because I haven't looked. And that's the thing that hurts a lot. Is he? Is he in the, I don't think he is in the lineup. Ah, that sucks. I, I think I think that's the thing that hurts the Red Wings a little bit. Is I think if they did have Verona the whole season, I think this season could be a little bit different. I think. Oh, no doubt about it. It, ch- it completely changes their power play units. It completely changes their ability to, um, to keep pressure and, and keep the, the but, puck in the zone, which even, they not struggle not, just, with. Just think of it like this. The Red Wings are not the most talented team. It's obvious. So adding a little bit of talent could give them a much-needed step up to where they are competing with Boston for the final playoff spot. Because they are within distance, but they're now getting, you know, Boston's creating a little bit of a lead where I don't think they're going to overcome it. But Verona could have been the points of he could have been he could have been the difference between six or seven points in the standings, and that would be you'd be neck and neck with Boston right now. Oh sure, and, and as we pointed out before, as we did last show, they're in a, they're in a very very tough division. It's a very tough division, but uh, but yeah, Verona is definitely a, a difference maker. He's a change. He could be a change agent there. He could definitely. Makes a difference for the Wings, and I the fact that he has not been in the lineup um, has hurt them. It, it, I believe it has, but let's see what happens tonight against Carolina. Let's see if uh, they can pull it out. I don't think they will. I think. This... Oh, be positive, Joe. I already said that I didn't think they were going to do it either, but somebody has to be the sunshine against the rain. Because I... you know what happens when you have sunshine and rain? You get rainbows. 
it's all it's all happiness and unicorns and rainbows, Joe. I just think I, <laughs> I just think that um You're not buying it? No. Okay. I just think that the Fords of Carolina they won't let the Detroit Ravens defense off a little bit. You know, one of the things that Carolina does amazingly is they play such a round, well-rounded game where they make plays and they do they. You give them an inch, they take a mile, and that's against good teams. And they have continued to, you know, we talk about we talk about Blashow and how you know, look at the growth that he's made this year with the team, which they're not really that talented. But you look at a guy like Rob Brendamore, and you look at that's that's kind of what Blashow has been preaching is the de- the team defense. If you look at Carolina, the way that they play defense, that's what the, that's what Detroit wants to be. Where they play good defense, they play in that defense translates translates to offense, and they make they make it well rounded. And I think that's that's what Detroit wants to become. You know, I got to tell you, I think one of the mistakes that Detroit's been making the last few games is scratching Giovanni Smith. I think that's been a mistake. I think they should have had Smith in the lineup. Um, they're taking Mark Stahl. He's a he's a healthy scratch tonight too, um, and uh, it looks like you're right. Verona is again not in the lineup. You've got Zadina, Larkin, and Raymond on the top line. Fabry, Bertuzzi, and Suter is your second line. Rasmussen, Valeno, and Nemetsnikov your third line, and then you got Ernie, Rowney, and Gagne. And then as far as your uh, defensive pairings, you got top pair is uh, Letty Sider. Then you got Osterley and Hronik. And uh, interesting, DeKaiser and Lindstrom down to the third pairing. And um, then you've got Delkovich in, in net, it looks like. So, Playing his former team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It so says, it says, that'll be interesting. It tells you how bad the Rubbings defense is when Jordan Osterley is your, on your second, second line of yeah. defense. That tells you how bad this, this Rubbings defense core is. I mean, even with even with Phoenix, he was their third. I mean, not Phoenix, Arizona Coyotes. He was their third pair. Sometimes their seventh D-man. Like, there's a lot of work to be done on the defensive end, defensive end, and that's 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 probably going to be Eisman's number one goal this year is looking at that defense and how he can shore it up with a, a signing or a trade or something like that. Well, Detroit is playing Carolina, who is the top team in the Metropolitan Division, and uh, let's see how they do. It'll be interesting to see how they do. I don't have good recollection for them, but we'll see how they do, and we'll see you next week when we talk more Detroit sports. Obviously. Maybe we'll talk about the Pistons and how crappy they are. (laughs) We talked baseball and hockey this week. We're going to talk, I think, probably a little bit of basketball next week, keep you updated on our thoughts on the MLB situation and how Major League Baseball is moving along, we'll where our a, wings are at. We'll have a good look at the tournament watch for the NCAA. Big game between Michigan State and Michigan tonight, because yep. Michigan has to win this game to get probably in the tournament. So, oh, we'll And Michigan done. State's Tom Izzo could be the winningest coach against a team that he absolutely hates. Yep, heard that. Sounds like great stuff. All good things to talk about next week. Maybe we'll throw another one of those little novelty sessions in next week. Joe, we'll talk about, we talked about monkeys getting it on mm. uh, a few weeks ago. One of our most popular segments. Uh, maybe we'll find something else to talk about. Probably, yeah. We'll Let's do, do it. it. Yep. 
We'll see you next week out between the whistles, Detroit. See you then.